Welcome to the Technory Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Katoon. Today's episode, uh, well, I might as well start with a pun, right? People are just dying to get into this field. They are. They love it, right? No, I'm joking, but it's it's the Sympathy Brands. Michael Schimmel, CEO and founder of Sympathy Brands, uh, S2 Brands, which you know is Shiva.com, eCondolences.com, soon-to-be Cemetery.com. Listen, we, we had a really interesting conversation because it's an awkward thing for people. They don't like to talk about Dr. Death. But the, the funny part is that, quite honestly, everyone dies. And I think that we've spent, for, and I, I'm definitely not going political slash religious here, but I think when the majority of people grow up in religious households, there's so much, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like not celebration, but there's so much ceremony around it that it becomes very awkward and, and weird. Well, most of us my age and younger didn't grow up with that. And so for us, this isn't that awkward. It's, it's really more of a hassle. Um, I obviously am mourning a loss, but I also don't want, I don't even know how to fill out a check. So like, how am I going to figure out this? I think there's a huge market. And, well, literally 100% of market share available because everyone dies. There's a huge market here. And I think that, you know, funerals and funeral homes and cemeteries, they've all kept this, oh boy, here's another pun, buried because it's it's just something that they didn't feel comfortable talking about. And the people that they sold to didn't want to talk about it. It was just like, get this, let's move on with this. Let's just get me the right coffin and move on. Now we live in a digital world and the ability to say to people, hey, look, uh, you can way before loved one passes, you can kind of preset everything and you can get ready to have the obit posted. And it's like an MLS for death. Um, and, and I think it's a it's a really, really good business, to be quite honest. Um, and we talk a lot about it. And I think uh, Michael does an exceptional job of understanding, you know, the balance between entrepreneur opportunity, capitalizing on value prop and respect. And knowing that this is someone's loved one and that just because you had your loved one pass doesn't necessarily mean that now you should be fleeced because you don't know what to do next. His business takes care of that for you. And I think that we're all going to benefit from it. And I also think that he's going to make a ton of money because there are very few people who are who are taking on the space. So really interesting conversation. Stick around for that. Startup Inbox today brought to you by Active Campaign. See why 65,000 businesses use ActiveCampaign, including Technori, for their marketing by signing up for ActiveCampaign.com slash Technori. Get the first two months for free. Kobe Young, sweet name. Buy the competition. My company recently raised a series round, and I'm looking to grow market share. How do I decide if I should hire to compete with my competition or just buy out the competition to that market? Great question. Love this. I love this business model. I love this business I love the question and the business. Um, be strategic. You look at Spot Hero, bought Parking Panda. You look at Lightstream, who just had on the show, Stu, uh, raised eight, spent a good portion of it buying uh, a, a recent, I don't know if it's a com- competitor as much as it's a someone else in the space, in the data space, so that they could um, add more features to what they already had at Lightstream. It's a smart move um, if you can afford it and you understand how it plays. So like, here's the downside first. Buying a competitor and or buying whoever comes with mixing teams, relocation, you hopefully understand but don't necessarily totally understand all the expenses that they are incurring and why and how. I'm sure they presented the best version of themselves to you this entire time and you did not know how many things were not great. And so be careful. 
Lots of buyer beware. That said, I would way better buy a competitor who has a market advantage, whether it's some new feature or data or strategic information or team AccuHire or cost of acquisition or just has a niche that I would love to capture that I can cross sell to. I would much rather buy talent and assets than spend on marketing. Marketing spend is great as long as you're learning and you're, you're sharpening your, your sort of wick, if you will. Um, but I, I'd rather, I'd rather always have an asset. I'd rather always buy an asset. It's just whether or not that asset has too many liabilities. That's the question. So for you, Kobe, I don't know what business you're in, but if you can't beat them, buy them. This is my conversation with S2 Brands CEO and founder, Michael Schimmel. I find the industry that you work in, which you'll get into, to be a very, very interesting um, business industry field, which is sort of the, uh, is, would you call it bereavement space? Is that fair? Uh, so, yes, yeah, sympathy space. Sympathy, well, so it's like sympathy tech? Is that like, what do we call it? Effectively. Yeah, because well, like real estate, they like property management is like a whole new sub-segment, so it's like prop tech. It's like... Yes, we've, we've, you know, I like to say we've kind of coined it as sympathy brands. Yeah. But it's all surrounding end of life, grief, coping, bereavement, loss, and in commemoration to, to, you know, effectively make it modern morning. Yeah, modern. I like that, modern morning. Um, Can I ask you, just point blank, do you find that there is any sort of, I don't, like awkward's the wrong word, but like, is there any sort of awkwardness or anything that you feel like when you talk about this space with people out like entrepreneurs? Everyone. You feel like it is awkward or it's it's an awkward and difficult subject for anyone. So it's that it's that topic that everyone that's avoided, that's taboo, that's challenging. Uh, I'm not a morbid person. Yeah. So it's of course a challenging topic, but it's also unavoidable and you know behind behind closed doors that's that's why we're there because everyone goes online. They're searching for it. So what if I told people that the Hawk, the Cubs Hall of Famer, Andre Dawson, is almost all of his post-baseball wealth is, is running a funeral home. It's a fact. He's got a family of funeral homes, and he talks about it all the time. And I, I just, like, I, I wonder, and I, maybe I'm weird because I interview so many different types of business owners, but the, the, the times that I have had people on the show who are in a similar field, I don't think that they... I almost feel like they think there should be an awkwardness because there was in the old days, but I don't, I don't see it anymore among, among entrepreneurs, among investors. I don't see any awkwardness around the space anymore because when I talk to people in the, in particular around um, like the, it's not end of life, but like the healthcare end of life, healthcare treatment. It is such a huge industry solving such a monumental crisis, not only financially for this country, but for people. And I think people are finding this space to be an incredible opportunity, and it actually is better for everyone, entrepreneur, investor, and human, that more people like you come out and talk about these businesses so that people understand that they are spending their money poorly and planning poorly and are are not making the right end-of-life decisions because they're doing so after the event of, of whatever case. I think it's uh, it's important for, for everyone, both those that are mourning, that are searching for tools and resources in this time-sensitive period, uh, those that are in the industries, whether it's cemetery, memorialization, 
to have a voice to make sure that this otherwise opaque market yeah. that exists has a little more transparency yeah. uh, for people when they're making these decisions. That's very important. Uh, right now it isn't. People don't know what they should be spending, how much they should be spending. They're making incredibly important and large purchasing decisions. And the industry as a whole wants to make sure that people receive appropriate information. And they, there's obviously a level of control that is desired, I think. Uh, however, at the same time, people are out there and they're searching, what do I do? And so we started with the you know, end of life memorialization side being very natural uh, gravitation to everything end of life planning, coordination, and through the you know, post uh, event in, into uh, how do I memorialize on the anniversary? Yep. How do I follow traditions and customs? Because people really don't know what to do. So I, I want to go into like e-condolence and Shiva and they, they call it the suite of services that you guys have. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I want to start with this context. So forever, and I, I speak on this based on a very limited experience with uh, deceased family members, fortunately. But I do have a lot of family members, so there are a handful that I've been sort of in the room for. And everything has been hidden in a black binder that is handed to you by your local funeral director and here's your coffin choices and here's this and here's this and they control the narrative and it's very somber and it's very respectful and it's also super overcharged and it doesn't make any sense and you know that I'm mourning and I'm making bad decisions and I think that your business in particular not just because of the space you're in but because of the dot com that goes after the space are in a really unique uh, position to take the veil off of it, pun unintended, I guess, and open the lid on it um, and and flat out make everyone understand that there's a gigantic opportunity for you to not only save money, but also be incredibly respectful to your loved ones and also give them a legacy. We, we talk about legacy a lot in the sales process for this. There's all, everything's called legacy. But we never give them one. There's no legacy. digital. Legacy.com. Yeah, legacy.com. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, so it's, let's talk about how you take the market by storm because I, I think you're in a really unique spot. So, so from, a, from, a, from a positioning standpoint, we, we created Sympathy Brands as this very focused uh, niche dedicated to end-of-life memorialization, internet brands yep. for end-of-life yep. memorialization, commemoration, helping with pre-need there's, you know, m- many people don't realize that one of the most expensive things in your life besides buying a home and a car is paying for a funeral or a burial. Yep. And the educational side is where we always like to start. But there's a massive, uh, you know, let's call it void in the market and opportunity that which results to to address and capture, let's say, this $30 billion a year that's being spent and make sure that the consumers have have the proper direction and to streamline the entire process from beginning to end pre-planning it burial of funeral insurance final expense insurance through the planning and coordination selection of funeral homes cemeteries uh, you know i learned and uh, i think uh, many people are unaware there is a difference in between funeral homes and cemeteries they're two separate industries most people associate them together whereas you're actually purchasing the land for a burial perhaps 20 years prior to meeting a funeral director. So there's a lot of 
uh, evolution that that comes into play. And I think along the lines of what you said is there's a there's a somberness because it's a, it's a sad topic, although it, there's a movement towards celebration and celebratory. So the real thing here is being prepared and making sure that you make the right decisions and you're not <clears throat> under pressure, hopefully, when making these situ- these decisions. And that's that's a, a lot of it's pre-planning where there's a big push for insurance agencies and insurance companies who want to capture people. We we believe it's informed decisions. It's it's trust through brands that really changes how people think and, and what resources, services, products they end up consuming. And then our, our platform is designed to take you through that to how do you, you know, deal with social security? How do you sell and list your property uh, of your loved one? What's the avenues by which you select and have all of the accounts closed? There's a technology um, aspect of this that can be an integrated resource to be a, a full-blown marketplace covering everything, which is it's where there's that massive, massive opportunity and void. Uh, would I be incorrect in, in aligning this to the heyday of cars.com? Like if you think about it, like forever, people bought, I mean, even, even call them lots, right? Plot and lot. Cars used to be sitting on these different totally undisconnected you had to go to joe's chrysler you had to go to bob's you know chevy whatever and like that's the way it operated and then cars.com came along and was like hey we can just put all the best cars in one spot and you can find them all and depending on where you live you're going to go here here or there whatever and they aligned you with like once you bought the car then like here's where you'd go to service it and like here's a discount hey we'll throw you a coupon um I feel like that's the thing that you're you have an opportunity to do there's a there's a combination of those types of cliches and and or or examples, uh, true car. Yeah, uh, true cars for, are grown, yeah. for finding the right one, the best price, getting you out there, and it brings what, what's an otherwise opaque industry into a more transparent marketplace. Yeah, uh, there's Grubhub for for food, uh, ordering catered meals, Shiva meals. We do same day hand delivery in four thousand cities now, so you can order Shiva meals and plans. And so and yeah, let's talk about the size. numbers here on some of the stuff, like just the opportunity. I mean, just like. What what amount of opportunity does does this industry have for you? Because I got to imagine that there's, and I'm not even talking about like revenue. That's not the point. It's like how much margin has been either grossly blown up for the end user to to have to bear because they're in a weakened condition that you can get a, a reduce the cost for a ton of people and then have more of them, obviously. And like what like what is what are we looking at? There's there's always power in purchasing. Sure, you know where if you negotiate rates, most people in a sympathy context, for that matter, aren't looking to negotiate and haggle. They're looking to get it done and move on, um, or move forward. Yep. Depending on some of them do. W- depending on where, yeah, where depending they're on at, where they're standing. Uh, you know, or there's laying, the morning yeah. side, of course, and and those, the grievers where you're not necessarily um, referring to uh, in a corporate context when someone is going online and purchasing something to express condolences. Sometimes they just want to go and get it done. They don't want to feel like they're negotiating over $20 or a hundred dollars here and there, which is, which is fine for you because, uh, and and like, and it's not, so if like the value prop for them is not about money, it's about ease and comfort and service, then it's not about trying to save money. It's like, how can I make this just plain easier for you? It's, it's a complete, it's a combination of, uh, you know, it's, it's, a little bit of everything. The the opportunity includes, uh, you know, providing these people with a 
it's blending technology with personal services. It's white glove treatment to help make it easier during a difficult time and addressing this with a sensitivity and an appropriateness. And then at the same time, making sure that you're looking out for the consumer who's not aware of of the uh, let's call it the unknowns. Yeah. Uh, and and so you're negotiating on their behalf and presenting them with the opportunity, the offerings that are different than what they're used to getting. And and we're uh, you know very much focused on comforters and supporters, uh, moving into assisting with mourners as well now through the grief side and and ultimately to the to the uh, pre need yeah. uh, scenario. Uh, but. Uh, there are different audience types. So you mentioned, you know, audiences or addressable market, some of these these concepts. You have a very, very large opportunity. And everyone dies. Everyone dies. So like and literally you are one of the very few people in this world who can say that everyone is a customer. You can is. actually have 100% of market share. Like, everyone is going to need you at some point. Everyone will, you know, unfortunately encounter us at some point. So it's just a question of being prepared and and how. So we can, uh, you know, you look at a lot of. Uh, I think I've I've read a number of articles lately, and it's it's incredibly interesting to see. But there's a businesses are a great example of this. What do you do when a coworker passes away? How do you act when? Uh, a, you prep your resume. You, <laughs> you have to go find a new employee. Dep- you have depends to, on it. Depends but, on which one it was. But what happens know. is there's a cost to the business. Yes, of course. And yeah. that's when they start to realize why didn't I do something? So employee assistance programs provide suicide uh, prevention or alcohol addiction and, and addiction relief. Yeah. But there's very limited comprehensive resources on grief, and the studies are showing there's an economic cost to businesses when they don't provide sufficient and appropriate resources to employees who lose a loved one or if they don't handle the loss appropriately within the workplace. So there's a a really uh, unique, uh, let's say, offering that's available in the corporate context, in the academic context, all these different areas are tangential. It's, it's so funny to me. It's not, this isn't funny, but it, I'm going to say it because we need audience clicks. A lot clicks. of puns. And we need, yeah, well, we need clicks. Just, we need clicks. But the, it, somebody leaves the company and you get pizza party. Someone dies at the company and you have an awkward silence around the water table. Like that to me is weird and wrong. Like I feel like that's, that's gotta be, have a nut, like you said it, that's gotta have nothing but a negative impact. That's just, just such a, the missed opportunity it, it's it is because you know we use opportunity as the word it's it's a it's a failure to to build you know the whole everyone wants to build a company and a culture and, yeah. a, and where people like each other and they're treated as family and then yet someone dies and they don't do the right thing so or, or they do nothing because going back to what we first started yeah. talking about it's awkward to them it's yeah. uncomfortable and you know what do you say well sometimes you just listen uh, it's very hard. So I have that problem. No, and, and it goes. It's in families too. So I mean, like, so it goes to, without saying. You stand to to have a very strong business, just based on the fact that everyone's got to die. Correct. But there's something else that I think is even another opportunity, which obviously you already know, which is why we're we're sitting here talking about this, is that pre pre death care, and the ability to capture a market that is not so like you know what are they what it's sort of the annuity game right like a, a good business has great customers and a, and a really good business has great customers and also 
uh, next customers who are already paying just a little bit less than they're going to pay when they become full-time customers. You have this opportunity to change the narrative because no one talks about this except for you guys um, to convince people of my generation and my employees generation to not make this decision under grief and rather make some of these decisions pre and actually pay you to be ready for me. I think that's a huge opportunity for you guys. It, because I think it, we're open to it. I don't think, I think it, previous generations weren't open to it, but we are. It's uh, the, you know, everyone kept saying the internet's coming and, and baby boomers are, are getting, are, are aging. Yeah. So you have this aging scenario uh, where in the 2020s, there will be uh, baby boomers, the most baby boomers heading into the 70s. You have generations, it's now, crossing every generation for people that are using the internet that are looking for these services that are addressing this this topic of aging parents dying parents grandparents it it isn't going away it's only getting bigger there's more of them and and so these these are ripe for you know how do we use technology to help provide and bridge every generation who's going to encounter this because those that are a, a little bit younger will go on their phone and use an app to do something. Those that are are a little bit older are now still going online, which or, or are now going online, whereas before it used to be, oh, well, people that are a little bit um, more senior don't use the Internet. That's not true anymore. I'm going to tell you something you already know about my demographic, who is your maybe your largest customer. I don't know how to fill out a check. I don't know how to pause the mail when I go on a trip. I don't know how to do anything when someone hands me a piece of paper and a pen. I don't have a fucking clue. So when I look at your business, I'm scared to death of the mourning process of losing parents. I'm even more scared to death on like obit and on how do I make sure Aunt Peggy doesn't think that I did a disservice to her sister or how do I make sure that I pick out a call? What the hell? What, what's is it a wood, wood box? Like, what, what are we doing here? Like, I don't, I don't know these. In, in my demographic, my generation hasn't ever done that. We don't know how to do that. So, like, I'm, as much as I'm, I'm, I'm scared from a mourning standpoint of, like, of the process, I'm more deathly afraid of, like, screwing it up. That's, uh, that's right there is the, the biggest challenge that everyone faces, which is what do I do for, for my loved one? What do I do for my friends? What do, it's, the, it's the desire to do what's appropriate, right, and what would make them happy or, and celebrate them or just make sure that others in your family or your friends don't say, what a schmuck. Yeah. Uh, I, I'd pay you now. I'd pay you now to let you have this process sort of ballpark in hand for me. And you reach out to me when you find out that my love, like you had enough information for me to be able to tell when a loved one of my family that I would be in care of would pass. I would pay you as a customer, not a lot because that's hopefully it's a while from now, but I would totally pay to know that if, when that happens, I don't even have to reach out to you. You reach out to me and you're like, I'm very sorry to hear this. Here's all the things we've got for you already. I want to make this as easy as possible. Was, was, was dad this way or that way? And if you could answer a couple questions for this, I can help put the obit and, you know, tell me your favorite story about dad and whatever. I don't know. My dad just died apparently. <laughs> Sorry, Mike, you're still going. Don't worry. But, you know, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I would pay for that. And I know that everyone else who's my age would absolutely, if not pay an upfront, like a deposit or some sort of monthly thing. I, I, I think that there's a gigantic market around it because I, I think that we're, 
I really don't ever want to have to handle that, to be totally honest. It, it's something that I, I think the service side of it, there's an enterprise service or subscription-based service. There's a lot of elements of this that, that have those business model yeah. things which, which take away from large sums of money down the road that could be off-putting as well as incredibly burdensome on, on you as well as the, you know, more importantly, the decision-making process, which is, I think, the biggest challenge people have, which, which is, what do I do? Yeah. And all of those different decisions that have to be made, there's hundreds of decisions in this very short period of time that, that have to be made, and it certainly should be addressed up front. That's why this isn't awkward to anyone who's in the entrepreneur, well, anyone, period, really, because it's, it's, a, it's a stress. But for entrepreneurs and investors... I mean, I, we just spent the last 20 minutes talking about like 15 different financial opportunities, none of which is any less real. I mean, every one of these is a, is a business. There's no shortage of business units, revenue streams. And, uh, you know, for us, our, our differentiator, what I like to make sure we focus on is philosophically, our responsibility is to make sure that we help. Yep. So having that moral compass as a, as a company and with a team that cares, knowing that there's stresses, knowing that there's decisions, knowing that there's a pain that's going on, uh, solving that for people is is easy when you have the right philosophy. So we, we take that approach and then rolling into it appropriate ways to generate revenue is, you know, not a not a difficult thing. In fact, as you mentioned, people people would happily pay to not have to it's think. A great about it. problem to have. Your business has a great, no shortage of supply, and people are willing to pay a premium without even seeing the actual product. You've got maybe the best business in the world, maybe short of Facebook. <laughs> like seriously, it's it's it really is. It's a it's an interesting model. So like, before I let you go, I want to I want to ask you, you know, what are one or two of the things that uh, people who are in this process, whether they're, you know, pre, but you know, you know, that's coming or like in the middle of it now should know or do. And in addition to going to your websites, what, like what, what's one piece of advice you've seen that you guys help with immediately that you'd like to see more people, you know, practice other than live longer. (laughs) Ironically, I think the communication factor is the biggest thing. Everyone is very dependent on technology and sometimes you could, you know, sit in a room with your, your loved ones and, and just talk. Yep. There's no substitute for the human interaction. So leveraging technology is great. We're there as a tool to help in this process. But I think the number one thing for everyone is communicating, finding whether it's your, your loved one, your spouse, your brother, your mother, whomever it is, and, and communicating because that is the the single most challenging thing that people have is there's two people making decisions rather than having a unified voice which complicates everything further uh, for themselves as well as for those that are trying to help yep. so i think having a a good um, line of communication with your family that's responsible for making the decisions is probably the most important thing very cool well said where do people go to learn give me every site give me every place we can go shiva.com okay ekindolence.com are the two primary sites right now that that people can go to and cemetery.com is fast in, approaching in development and fast in development. approaching very cool that's awesome thank you so much for taking the time appreciate it this is fantastic thank you. 
For more information, more opportunities to invest in companies, more events, more great stuff, the blog, go to technori.com. Follow us on social media at Technori. Download the podcast on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. And follow me at Katoon. Boom, that's a wrap.